catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. An estimated 494, that's uh, almost 500 million people in sub-Saharan Africa have no form of legal identification. In response, policymakers across sub-Saharan Africa are increasingly investing in a particular digital technology with transformative potential, biometric digital identification systems. Digitizing ID systems has the potential to increase access to universally valid proof of identity which is often very essential and important for citizens to access basic government services and lead a dignified life however these systems could also lead to exclusion or an undermining of privacy african governments local large corporations tech companies seem to be embracing a certain western vision of a universal identity system too and with the support from world bank's identification for development id4d program governments across africa have i choose my words you know quite well here when i say foisted elaborate and expensive biometric id schemes on citizens and residents with little pushback from civil society now, as governments across Africa introduce elaborate um, and sometimes expensive biometric ID schemes on residents, and we have more startups introducing solutions that are tied to these ID systems, what trends shape the sector in Africa in 2022? From accessing mobile money to public health services and promoting financial inclusion, digital identity or ID systems can provide individuals with life-enhancing services and benefits while becoming active participants in a digital economy, which most countries on the continent of Africa are trying to get to achieve. Now, despite all of these things we have said, uh, like I've highlighted, half of the estimated billion people worldwide who have no form of legal education reside in Africa and advocacy groups have also highlighted some human rights issues that we may not be paying attention to. So today, we will look at the trends that have shaped the ID system, um, KYC, digital, biometric ID systems in Africa in 2022. And to discuss these issues and the trends with me is Ademola Kuled. Kuledoye, right? Or Kuledoye. So I need to like get like the right pronunciation um, from Ademola. Ademola um, leads marketing and communications at Simfix. Ademola, please help me, please. How do I say your name correctly? Well, hi, good morning. Hi. Good Thanks, morning. Anthony. Anthony Ibe. Yeah. So I pronounce it as well. Yes, you were correct last time. My name is. Uh, Okay. okay, so I don't say something else because I know our names are really important and they mean a lot to us and they talk about our experiences and they tell our stories really well so that I don't change the story at the narrative here. Okay, so thank you for that. Yeah, and I also have with me Ilirio Lua Fadi, who is a lead infrastructure engineer at Premly. 
um Ilirulua, how are you doing today good day i'm doing very good i hope yes, I... you got my name for it oh yes i was about to ask that <laughs> thank you very much uh for saving yeah. me yeah so how has this year been um for you as someone who works with um a startup a firm that you know is within the digital and you know biometric id sector in africa um and then ademola okay uh well it's been a very eye-opening year for us and a very um explosive year in terms of of integration and usage right we what you find is you have a lot of, of um use cases for our id systems in africa however you also have the problem of um enrollments in those id systems getting those data before um before it can be used by the id systems so yeah it's been a very explosive year in terms of gathering this data getting our data sources right directly from the government and also having people um get gain interest in using these systems Ademola, what do you think? How has it been at your own end? All right, thanks, Anthony. Um, so for us, it's been uh, it's been an interesting year. Uh, this is December 2022 already, so we're already at the end of the year. And for us at Simfix, uh, though we're not entirely new in the uh, identity conversation, uh, I would say this year has exposed a lot of. I mean, we've come to the realization how much. A lot of companies, businesses, you know, government uh, institutions are paying attention to identity, right? So we've seen an explosion of, you know, like even in the startup ecosystem, a lot of people, you know, coming up to uh, pilot or pioneer one app or the other where they have to, of course, rely on uh, identity and KYC and all. So for us, it's been... Uh, it's been an interesting thing because we've, we've we've seen how people have become more aware over the years. Okay, so uh, pre-COVID, you would agree with me that uh, they had less people, you know, talking about identity and KYC and so on and so forth, digital economies, you know. So, but we've uh, seen the adoption and even the awareness about identity grow over the years so that's just what it is for us at Simfix this year okay uh, and and you you have already started touching on like the next thing that i wanted to talk about which is you know the state of id systems in africa um so how would you rate you know id systems you know when it comes to adoption when it comes to uh, regulation when it comes to the number of startups um, playing and awareness generally about um, you know ID systems in Africa okay right so like I mentioned earlier uh, I mean if you look at the entire global landscape of you know identification right you would agree with me that it's actually changing rapidly you know uh, uh, as I also mentioned pre-covid there was, I mean, there are conversations around, you know, identification, you know, and all that. But so far, so good. It's become a very, 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 very rapid uh, change. Now, in Africa, I would say that uh, today, technology is somehow making it uh, cheaper uh, to, of course, identify people accurately. And 
the reason why technology has you know come into play that role is that you know africa is beginning to realize you know the importance of digital identities right basing on the fact that uh, on the idea which somehow we uphold in simfix that everybody deserves access i mean to equal like rights and opportunities okay uh, and also that identity is is a right and not a privilege so when everyone is somehow identified that means there's an opportunity for them to you know have access to services across the across the world so in africa today i would say that that entire conversation is is growing rapidly and the use of technology so far has even you know somehow made it even cheaper to identify people and of course opportunities in this uh, digital era is limitless when identity is involved in the conversation so like i said once you're able to be identified you can have uh, uh, um, access to opportunities and then in terms of stats um, we can see what the world bank is trying to do uh, you know with their id for the program and i'm sure we'll probably will touch on that uh, sometime in the conversation but we have stats saying like about more than 40 percent of those lacking ids in the world live in africa so <laughs> that's that's a uh, data so that's a, a something you can reference and say that's the state of identification system in africa so we still have about 40 percent of people in the world who cannot be identified living in africa and if you Put that in terms of raw numbers with uh, over 7 billion people in the world 40 percent of that is, is quite a lot so yeah mm, okay interesting take um Lirula, what do you think um, about the state of id systems in africa and uh, maybe you want to tie this to like the kind of trends that you you know noticed in 2022 as it relates to you know adoption as it relates to you know growing number of startups and conversations around it um regulation and you know, a- any other thing you uh you know noticed or may have noticed that you know it's worth you know talking about okay um so yeah for me i actually agree with Ademola when it comes to um the way Identification, identification has has changed or grown rapidly in across the world, not just in Africa, but in Africa especially. Right, so you have um, a an economy that is moving to the digital age. Right, a lot of things that we do are done digitally now, and the need for um, identification or proper identification systems has grown alongside it. Right, so whereby the, the we have a situation where we don't necessarily have people enrolling as fast as it should or people on the system like i just mentioned 40 percent of the people that are that are not registered or do not have id an id system are living in africa right where you have big situations like that we also have situations whereby in nigeria for example a regulation that was passed um the time your nin to your phone number We've had to, those kind of things have forced people to adopt or, or make people uh, buy into the system. If you don't, if you have a SIM card and you do not register for NIN, your SIM will be blocked. That has seen over 20 million people actually enroll in this identification system. So, yeah, um, I'd say where it was, it, the numbers don't look good, where it is 40%, numbers don't look good in that direction. There are certain countries or certain parts of of africa that are that have regulations that push them in the right direction 
obviously over time we will need to still keep well it's not it's not where it should be it's not where it should be at all that's what that's what i'll say Okay, so so some persons have had um, you know advocacy groups, you know rights, civil rights uh, groups and societies have you know had some thoughts about how these biometric ID systems are being implemented. You know, for example, the example you just gave, um, forcing people to actually adopt uh, these. Um, like get on the train, right? Of the new biometric or digital ID systems. Uh, do, you, do you? What are your thoughts about it? Um, do you think there's a better way to encourage people to actually get on it than you know forcing people? It, 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 the same thing is as we speak. This is December 2022. Some lines are being blocked in Ghana. Um, you know, earlier this year we had the same story in Nigeria. Should it be this way, or is there a better way to go about encouraging or transitioning people to the biometric ID systems? Um, that's a Ilirulua. Then Adimola, you can also share your thoughts on that. Is there a better way? Yes, I think what we should firstly focus on, right, as as a as a nation, as Africans, right, the first thing we should focus on is solving the issues that plague ID systems. We we know things like F- um, exclusion, things like infrastructure, things like even the weak civil registration system, right, would affect the, uh, the development of an ID system. Now, the problem is, have we properly tackled that? If we have, then I think the next level is taking it, is tackling the next um, literacy, right? Not everybody knows what these things are about. Not everybody knows um, that they, they should do certain things or these um, things are beneficial to them. So I think the next level then is now getting them enlightened letting them know about it spreading awareness right then then you now come from a revelation perspective i think what it is is that we basically skipped some of these steps right and went straight to revelation i think the first thing we should have done was tackle the ordinary learning problem challenges that face the industry in africa which are still vast and extensive right then you can now educate people as to how and what this data is used for and how it benefits them then you can now use regulation because whether we like it or not everybody needs to enroll everybody needs to be on an id system you have countries that you don't even have um all their birth registered in certain countries in africa you have about people 60 percent of children under the age of five are not registered their births are not registered right and the number for death is even higher the percentage for death is even higher and when you have things like that, it's like a person has never existed. How is a person supposed to be on an ID system? Because she was never born. So I guess I think those are the things that we need to tackle first. Face the challenges that are right in front of you, right? Then you can now start to um, win people over to um, enrolling on these systems. Hmm. Okay, okay. This is interesting because uh, I just wanted to ask when you mentioned challenges. I wanted to say, okay, so what are the challenges that we actually face? But I think you've you've highlighted some of them here, um, and I would give um, Adimola a chance to um, share his thoughts too on this. So, um, Adimola, are we going about it the right way? Are we implementing these you know things the right way? And also, um, what challenges do you think the industry faced in 2022, or what carryover challenges um, have we brought? from the years before into um, 2022 um yeah Adimola. I, I mean i i agree completely with um on what the points that he raised you know we actually somehow you know jumped 
uh, skipped a lot of processes and just jumped into regulation, you know, uh, without tackling some very fundamental things. Just mentioned literacy as well. So, but in my own words, um, I, I like to put it this way: the one of the like major things around identity is building trust, right? Building trust. So when people are properly identified, uh, they are able to be trusted for transactions and so on and so forth. Well, let me bring a twist to the, you know, building trust thing. I'll use Nigeria as a case study. The, the idea of even having people enrolled into a foundational database for a country like Nigeria, there's a lot of work that needs to happen from the government to actually make people trust that, hey, this is actually a sincere move, right? If you look at what happened recently, just with the NIN, uh, enrollment that uh, really were highlighted there are a lot of people who you know were, were the, who are having doubts you know about the the idea of trying to get them to like tie their knee to their sim cards right but so i think the the very first thing in terms of that literacy with that challenge that we have in africa is to get the people to trust that the intentions for having you enrolled into a foundational database is genuine it's sincere right and i'll also add that i mean without having to uh, uh bring in the political uh conversation around having a truly you know uh, uh comprehensive and uh, i'll use the word sincere database right sincere foundational database where the the government is able to tell that hey uh these are the correct citizens of our country you know it will definitely expose a lot of things like uh, 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 the areas in the country that, that have the population distribution and so on and so forth right so the government in itself i mean africa government i'll use nigeria as a case study has that role to play to first of all be sincere enough to wanting to get the foundational database correct all right then invest a lot in that uh, literacy gap you know to build trust to actually make people understand that hey this thing is actually for your own good. Then we now talk about the uh, when this happens, that trust between the people and the government entirely builds the main trust that we're talking about that will now avoid um, fraud and so on and so forth. Then moving over to like uh, 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 challenges that we you know looked at here uh, in 2022, in fact, that's a carryover uh, for Nigeria particularly. I would say we have a lot of identity databases, right? We've not gotten it right from so many years ago, where we probably started exploring functional databases like driver's license, voter's registration, BVN, um, immigration. All these things are functional databases that you know have existed uh, uh, maybe before the NIN. I'm not quite sure now, but I mean along the line, NIN just became uh, uh, the the which is the foundational database of the country. And if we had invested before now our time in building a correct foundational database, then we wouldn't need investing you know, in all those other functional databases. So you would see the effect of this across board. For example, 
if you go to these different uh, organizations like the immigration office or the driver's license office you would see that they are now making efforts right to tie those functional databases to the foundational one which is nin so you can't get your passport now without an nin you know and all that so some of these things that are happening now we actually think that we should have fixed way before now you know invest the entire infrastructure of identity uh, management in that foundational database NIM. so just like Ilirua spoke um, if if we you know do what we're supposed to do first build the literacy then some of these challenges in terms of people now you know rushing down to a particular center to you know enroll their name because they are they are, they are there's a deadline for uh, uh, locking their sim cards and all those regulation pressure wouldn't actually be there if there's something gradual that has been you know put in place to actually tackle this problem mm, okay that's that's really that's really interesting um now i would just want to stay on um some of these challenges a little bit just a little bit longer um you've both mentioned the challenge of trust which is one of the big issues since um the news have been making the round from tanzania to nigeria to ghana to kenya you know trust has been and i want to take this from two angles and i want you to also share your thoughts on this um privacy first of all a lot of people uh think or believe um that if everyone gets on jumps on this train um we do not have cover for privacy yet and we want to put everyone into you know this whole um id new id system but we don't have a, a lot maybe we don't even have like proper coverage um for privacy or have fully um you know thought about how we want to protect um you know people's privacy when you know or, and their rights to when they are on this um, id systems and the second one um is the ownership of the infrastructure itself because um, i think either those who are funding it which is western um, and those who are providing some of the major uh, um, original infrastructure that these systems are built upon um, kind of have like a western leaning Uh, you know some people are afraid of you know the term digital colonialism and when it looks like you know someone else has like all the you know technology and where all our information is on or where we're building um you know the platform for our own inf- uh, information so how do would you you know respond to maybe these two issues or what are your thoughts around these two um, issues uh, all right so first i think i'll mention yes i agree with you 100 percent the the trust the trust thing um and speaking a bit technical uh i'm sure Gary lua would agree with me um what kind of infrastructure that we have in place for example in nigeria and i'm sure for other parts of african uh, country there are policies in place where the data you know identity data somehow is not actually hosted outside your country right so for nigeria today i'm sure the infrastructure that holds in fact for any country at all you would not put your company your country's foundational database information on, on the cloud right in the cloud server or something it somehow has to sit you know within um your on-premise or in your country or a cloud system in your own country right this somehow ensures that hey 
that privacy uh, the privacy concerns with you know dealing with people from the west is somehow addressed now secondly there's the second layer of you know uh, what we've also been exploring here at simfix which is uh, uh, something around consent management right so in as much as hey i have my 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 data or my identity data you know sitting somewhere i should somehow have um the right to give consent to how it should be used or not you know in some other places in the west these things have also been put in place you know to encourage or to solidify the conversations around trust right so if there's this kind of you know implementation on ground then just like we said before the government is responsible for you know uh, bridging the literacy gap where you are able to educate people and tell them see hey your identity data this is what it is, it is used for or this is how it's beneficial to you in terms of infrastructure wise it sits within you know this premise you know it doesn't leave the country and if there's also some level of concept management uh, uh, it also would encourage more people to know that hey I can trust that no, my, my data won't be compromised. And I think lastly, before I, 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 I let Ilerolua speak on this a bit, would be that I think for us here in Africa, we're still even at the layer of even, even getting the database in order, getting it together, right? While, yes, privacy to the data and all that is a concern, I, I feel like a lot of work still needs to be done, even to get people into the digital ID system first, right? Now, this is by, uh, 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 for example, the recent um, NIN drive uh, um, that the government did. So before this year, or I think before 2021, 2022, um, you could only enroll for NIN in like some physical locations like banks you know local government headquarters you know and so on and so forth it wasn't even available the technology infrastructure wasn't even available across board you know to be able to enroll for nin right but recently you can see uh that that uh, ability or capability have been extended where the government has now invested in uh partnering with people uh or private sector companies like simfix to invest in uh like having nin enrollment on android devices right and also bringing in partners and agents like telecommunication companies you know you can practically enroll for nin anywhere you do your sim registration today right so i think that drive or that effort is something that uh, uh, we, at the end of the day, the exercise will, you know, get more people digitally included, and then we can now start uh, addressing the issue of, you know, the privacy and the consent to the to the data. Hmm. Data is life. <laughs> data is king now. Um, Ilerira, what do you think? So yes, I think Ademola touched on very very important um, points, right? And you, when you look at it, you talk about the privacy of the data, but what if you don't even have the data, right? That's the first question. If you don't have people enrolled on these systems, then privacy part of things is even dead before it even starts to fly, right? Then in terms of privacy, um, as I think has also mentioned, you have regulations that actually um, surround and, and put or guard our data, right? You don't want a decision. You have, as a company and a startup, 
you would have to be in line with those regulations to function, right? Um, so companies like, well, myself, Premly, right? We have guidelines or rules that we must not break. For example, we don't actually even store data, right? In our own database. We are directly connected to the government's database and that's how the verification is processed through the government, not on our own database, that kind of thing. So you have rules and you have policies that actually um, keep us or keep these, these kind of institutions in line, which, well, should build a level of trust with the um, with the citizens of the country that decide to use these um, identification systems, right? So I think when you those regulations are already in place, so when you want to look at the bigger picture is now how do we now get these people to know that these regulations are in place and to enroll, right, to feel safe, and which is where um, I would say raising awareness, not just well dropping back to back regulations. I know the the NIN regulation, um, the the enrollment that they did recently, the regulation they passed recently actually worked because um, NIN was created in 2007, yeah, and. The, the biggest rise in its adoption was in 2021 when um, they, they made it compulsory. But while while we have things like that, I think the first thing is educating people, letting people know, like now having this kind of talk shows, letting them know that yes, your data is safe and it would be used how you want it to be used, right? By the companies you want it to be used, like for example, you want to take a loan, obviously you need to provide your data you would consent to something like that. However, you might not want to use your data for certain other things. So it's just for me, I think the primary, uh, the primary focus should be actually getting people to understand that your data is safe because there are these regulations are there for every, there's no um, um, startup or organization that is creating a, an, an IT system that does not understand or know about the regulations. And if you're in breach of those regulations, you cannot run those startups. So yeah. Okay, so let's stay on regulations um, for a bit. Regulations, uh, uh, you know, you operate in Nigeria, for example, uh, and maybe across, um, you know, some other countries. What regulations in 2022 have, um, would you say, thumbs up to? Which of of the regulations would you say, you know, maybe not managed very well or not implemented uh, very well? So uh, let's just have like, you know, a highlight of the regulation space from you know a company or a firm you know, and a startup that's dealing in this industry um i would say in terms of the nimsi um nin sim card linking regulation and i would also say well could have been done better right reason for saying that is the thumbs up is because there was a spike in adoption the moment that was done everybody wanted to get themselves enrolled the moment those policies were passed saying oh yeah you cannot do anything without having an NI and you can't even get your passport you can't it made people want to get those things but why I would also say well it could have been done better is because it was more like people's hands were forced rather than a thing of yeah choice right I, I, I believe it could have been done better if we I had had a merger of yes regulation and education right enlightening people if we had that then that would have been a flawless um regulation to have passed but we didn't we just had one part of it and 
uh, as a as a as a human being you don't want to you don't want to have to be forced to do something yes there's certain people that understand these things and it was easy for them to accept but there, there are people also that don't understand it and could not accept them in so yeah that's okay uh ademola uh, yeah ademola what are your thoughts I mean, he touched on almost everything already, right? Before I mention the latest, which uh, uh, latest regulation that just dropped a couple of weeks ago, I would agree with the fact that yes, the regulation uh, drive is more more like forcing people to you know uh, adopt that rather than them willingly, you know, having seen that hey, this thing is going to be beneficial to me, uh, jump on it. But at the same time, I mean, I can cut the government some slack. <laughs> this country that we live in, Nigeria, is pretty <laughs> a difficult one. Um, people most likely will not, <laughs> you know, willingly uh, just, you know, on their own jump on something like this until they are forced to, you know. Uh, and that is actually a fundamental problem in terms of literacy, right? So we have more uneducated people in the country right than educated people so that alone is, is a challenge if you if we are just three right now uh speaking and discussing on benefits of why we need to do this or that at least there's there's some um, you can assume that at least we'll come to a compromise to understand why we need to do this right but when you're talking to someone in you know that's uneducated uh there are chances that most likely they are going to interpret some other thing i'll give you an example recently in the ongoing exercise for voters uh, pvc collection uh, i saw somewhere i think some couple of days ago like a, a protest or a revolt that uh, uh, uh people went to pick up their pvcs and they were asked to on print that was what i read and you know there was just a lot of force and you know talk around it but in my own interpretation i just started thinking or rather in my own uh, understanding i'm like maybe the the fingerprint that they're asking you to you know put down is probably to verify that is the real owner of the pvc that is collecting it right and for some of the people there i mean i'm not quite sure but i uh, if if i was there i'll probably not start uh, screaming on top of my voice i probably want to find out from the person or the engaged person who is asking me to do this you know i want to understand whether is this a verification process to and to verify that i'm actually the owner of the of the pvc so you would see that you know education uh, a gap where every any small thing any proposition from the government is suspicious is looking like hey it's against the masses one of the regulations i would also refer to um is the most recent one that happened with the uh, boarding of the abuja kaduna train uh you can see that that happened uh, i think everyone now has to have an nin before you can even board the train and this is coming from uh, in the insecurity challenge that the country is facing, right? So, uh, from the uh, the incident that happened sometime this year, the government felt like, okay, from now on, we have to implement this. So, of course, it's going to be more difficult for, it's going to be difficult for a lot of people who do not have NIN and will somehow force them, right, to uh, go and, you know, get that. So, it's a balance it's a what i say it's a skill a skill between a balancing skill between uh uh what they call it the the citizens of the country you know <laughs> trusting and being willingly to 
to you know adopt this kind of thing which is not a common thing that happens in nigeria all right the government somehow has to always you know come out to force people in using a very uh, uh, hard hand, if you permit me to use that for lack of a better word, to you know approach these things. Yeah. Because of time and how long this episode is, we decided to break this episode into two parts. You have just listened to the first part, and there is a second part with the same name, the same title. In the second part, we get to know if biometric and digital IDs are really solving the issues Africa currently faces from insecurity to hunger, unemployment and many more and also how they have helped service delivery in Africa. Thank you. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.